The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. So excited to have a heck of a cosmetic dentist on the program today. I'm coming out of California. Dr. Rhonda Kalasho, say hello to everyone. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's great to have you here. Love it when a dentist comes on the program and, and shares. Um, speaking of sharing, why don't you share how you became a dentist? What made you decide to get into dentistry? Oh, what well, you know, I think it dates back to when I was a kid. So I come from like the immigrant, the immigrant story, right? Came from from ba- I was born in Baghdad, Iraq, and I came came when I was very young, and I didn't have really good dental care. And I remember having a terrible toothache as a kid, one that I couldn't even eat. I, I couldn't even open my mouth. I went to a pediatric dentist that that took our, our insurance. And then honestly, that day, I just felt like immediately relieved. And in my, the back of my mind, I still had pictures. My mom still carries them of where it says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was six or seven. And I wrote, I drew a picture of a, a heart with a cross on it as if it was like the Red Cross thing. But I put dentist below that or sometimes doctor. I just knew I wanted to go into medicine. And then it what typically when I got into college, I actually uh, was at the time helping my father with his businesses and running those which were pizza restaurants in San Diego, and then I wanted to then go into business. I went into to accounting and business management as my manage as my in my majors, and then I broke a tooth during an accounting final then led me to an endodontist. And I think that's how the world turns. And here I go again, exploring dentistry all over again. And this endodontist said something very profound. If you want to go into medicine and business, dentistry is the way to go because dentistry has both medical aspects, but also the small business and business running aspects. It's not just like you're working in a hospital setting or you're W2, you are a small business owner. And that really gauged my 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 business sense and made me really want to look into that deeper. I did, I shadowed him and then I took the prereqs, got into UCLA and here I am. Right when I graduated UCLA, I did a GPR and then owned my practice immediately after residency. Yeah, that's an awesome story. That's an amazing story. And I've got to tell you, it's pretty rare. It, I, it has happened, and but it's an anomaly where someone like wants to get into dentistry because of the business side of it. Yeah. I've actually seen a few people that seem to like the business side more than the dentistry, but it is incredibly rare. But as you know, a lot of dentists really struggle with that business side, right? It, it, dentists struggle with it. Physicians struggle with it. I mean, lawyers struggle with it. Highly intelligent professionals really seem to struggle with the business side of it. But this is something that you seem to have tackled. So let me, and, 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 and beating. So let me ask you this question. What are some of the business sides of um, dentistry that you see dentists struggling with that you have some solutions for? I think it's not understanding finances well enough, like a PL, something as basic as a profit and loss statement, something as simple as checking maybe your daily uh, accounts, aging reports, your overhead, the numbers just go over our heads where we were taught to be clinical minded people, which is one side of the brain. And then you have now you have your creative side, actually, what well, dentistry is more is more left and right brain in anyways. But at the same time, it, it delves into a little bit more of the detail of, of managing and finances, which you have to be knowledgeable of. When when I when I run my practices, I run it based on numbers and percentages. If you ask me how much does it take to how much do you want to charge for so and so procedure, 
I'll not just spurt out a number. I'll have to look at what the overhead cost is of that procedure, what, what, who is in charge of running that procedure, how many people do I have to pay to make that procedure happen, how much chair time it is, and then I'll give you a number because this is how business really works. As opposed to some people like d- dentists will say, I'm really slow. What I did instead was I gave 50% off all my Invisalign. Okay, but what did that do for you? Did that now get you a very big lab cost? And then now the exchange of, of your, your you may be getting more Invisalign cases in, but are you getting more produ- more profits out of it? And most yeah. of the time that is not true. And so people just kind of run based on gut rather than, than understanding true business act or have true business acumen. So that's, that's a big issue I see. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a lot to untackle there. The, you know, with the Invisalign and you talk about the discounts and Invisalign, I personally think that if you're going to offer discounts in Invisalign, you offer them to people who don't know you to get them to know you so that you can also provide them other services, right? If you're doing Invisalign, someone's going to need a couple of cleanings. They probably have a filling or two that they need, right? There's probably something else that they're going to need and you have a chance to earn them as a lifetime patient. But if they're already a lifetime patient, when you're discounting, Invisalign, you're literally just discounting and you're not gaining anything back. At least you're not gaining a a new patient back. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with Invisalign. Invisalign is kind of a, it's a great way of actually luring in new patients to the practice because it's a cherry on top. You can't put cavities, you can't put Invisalign on cavities or gum disease or, you know, teeth that need immediate attention. And so when they come in for these consults, you can actually give them a full range of comprehensive treatment. And then tell them, you know, it's at the end of all this, then you can do your Invisalign because you don't want to be that dentist who is just getting all these Invisalign cases and putting Invisalign on a patient who has active periodontal disease. Lo and behold, a year from now, those teeth are starting to become loose. You definitely don't want to be in malpractice zone. You want to make sure that they are, you're, you're using Invisalign to bring these patients in to, to increase your new patient numbers or how many new patients you get in a, in a month, but you, but being able to treatment plan them from the perio side all the way to the restorative side, and then using Invisalign as kind of the cherry on top. And then and that will retain them now as a patient, because during their Invisalign course, they should also be seeing you for regular cleanings and follow-up visits. So that is retaining them as your active, in your, in your active patient pool, which gives your practice a lot more profitability and it increases its uh, essentially its worth and its value when there is actually patients in your in your system. Yeah, that makes sense. So I want to have the audience check out your website. It'll make sense when we're talking about this. It's uh, glowmoderndental.com. That's correct, right? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you can also do True Glow. We had a change in brand Glow apparently was a different was a was some other product that came later. I didn't I didn't know, but I, I trademarked my True Glow Modern. So you can do True Glow Modern Dental or Glow Modern Dental. It'll pop up on the same screen, but you can you can tag it in the in the bio. Yep. At some point, you decided to go all in on cosmetic, right? I mean, at least it, it appears that way. I think a consumer would see it as like, wow, this is really a cosmetic dentist, as opposed to a dentist offering cosmetic services. Is that mm-hmm. accurate? Yeah, that's what I I love to do. I love to do the cosmetic aspect and the full mouth rehabilitation cases like video, uh, opening up video and doing full rehabilitation with implants and bulb veneers, the whole shebang. That's primarily where I sit. But then I have my associates doing the bread and butter dentistry or my colleagues will do them at the various locations. But yeah, I targeted that audience. What helped? What do you think is some of the most significant steps or actions that you took that helped you blow up this cosmetic business? 
Oh, I think it's it's reaching out to the people that you've done the work on. Even if you did like, maybe let's say you're doing like one veneer set a week or even two weeks. I know that's like, oh, that's not a lot. I mean, people who are starting off, that's what they would do. They're not doing five veneer cases in a week or in a day. They're doing one every two weeks or whatever. And if you're liking that and you think you want to do that or you want to do full crowns, whatever it is for, and cosmetics is not, I don't just term them as veneers. Cosmetics is anything that even if you're doing an implant on the anterior man in the anterior zone and all, and if you're doing grafting or whatever it may be to enhance the aesthetics of the person, that would be cosmetic. Even internal bleaching is considered cosmetic. It's not just veneers. So cosmetics is when people come into your office, you're not just diagnosing back tooth cavities and doing all that. You're maybe seeing that their teeth are maybe a little crooked or maybe that they have irregularities in their smile. And then you're addressing that. So as opposed to someone who doesn't like to do that, they won't even mention it, right? So when you're when you're doing your full comprehensive treatment, now start incorporating a an and your aesthetics, right? So we do we have a systems in place for all our practices. We start, of course, first with occlusion, and then we check soft tissue. We do a we also check for pathology, and then we do cavities and perio, and then we'll go into aesthetics at the end. But aesthetics is part of our comprehensive treatment. So at the end, we'll tell them to finish up all the cavities. You know, you don't want to you don't want to build the front when there's no support on the back of the house, right? Like you you, you don't want to have a really nice front yard and then the back just looks yeah. so strong, right? So right. we we definitely give that patient a full comprehensive outlook of their care, and then when we we do these anterior treatments, when they're happy and they love it and all that, even like I said, when I'm going back to if you're doing one every two weeks, that one patient that really loved their aesthetic outcome. Give them maybe a set, something that a, a free guard or maybe a free dental cleaning or whatever it is. Have them write you an incredible review with photos right. and everything. And not only on one platform, make sure that they're writing it on Google, on Yelp. If you have a Facebook page, make sure they're doing that. And then document that. Then the next patient will come in from seeing that. Do the same thing with that patient. Once you build your report, your, your, uh, rapport with the patient, but also your reputation in the community as having doing these beautiful aesthetic work, then you can maybe start dropping less and less of that stuff and, and, and going into, and just kind of going into it, but you'll, you'll, you're going to have to front load a lot more of the expense early on and the work that's going to be required to make yourself available to the public that you do this kind of work. Yeah, that makes a, a ton of sense to me. Let me ask you this kind of interesting question. I think it's going to be interesting. At some point you were a single provider and then I'm assuming and guessing, and, and now you have two associates or three associates, Yeah, I have um, four. four associates. Yeah. Yep. So awesome. Congratulations on that. <laughs> I mean, what is the difference in your in mindset now that you have three or four, four associates mm-hmm. um, that are working on your team compared to being a solo provider? What is the, what does that look like? What does your life look like? What are the comparisons? My life? Yeah. What is everything? It got definitely more complicated. That's for sure. Because it, because I, I, I feel like I'm like a people manager. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a human manager. Like, because all day long I have to talk to a full uh, range of staff, 30, 34 employees, I have to make sure they're all happy, healthy, everything, everyone is good and doing what they're supposed to doing. The doctors are well taken care of, that their schedules are fully booked, that they're actually producing and producing well, that they're not lagging and just being okay with getting a per diem. 
that I'm constantly looking at their development and improving them also as doctors myself, like not only improving myself, but making sure that they're taking CE courses and that they're improving their clinical skill sets so that they can, they can be more efficient uh, producers for the office. And that's, that's where my mindset has more changed towards not only gearing and, and my own personal development. I find myself personally developing and helping other people develop their skills and their personal lives. So, so it's, 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 it's a, it's a great thing to be a leader, but it takes a lot of stress on, and, and you, you hold a lot of weight because you're, you're wearing multiple hats. I'm also, yep. a, I'm also a new mom. I have two babies at home that are very, that are under two years old. And so, yeah. So it's, I, I, I've, I've been able to manage my time well, because I delegate and delegation is key. Delegation mm. is key, but you got to make sure that who you're delegating to, they're actually going to do the work correctly. Otherwise you're going to give yourself. Yeah. Makes sense to me. I'm going to ask the last question. You've obviously grown this awesome business. What book or what mentor would you suggest that someone follow? You know, someone that's just starting out that has a, a young practice or still an associate looking to open um, a practice. What's, what's something that they that want they us to, uh, but honestly, they should pick up books that aren't only dental. There's a, the book that I just picked up. I'm going to actually bring it, bring it up. I'd recommend reading the, it's a New York times bestseller. It's called life 3.0 by max. He, okay. That book is amazing because it talks about artificial intelligence and how humans in this day and age are going to actually utilize it and, and in multiple facets. So yep. we're, we're using artificial intelligence. And this is, I'm, this is, if you want to go into business ownership that you could, you should read biz, business books that are not just about for dental business. Right. Um, you you want to go into just uh, understanding, pick up a book about S Corps, C Corps, LLCs, understand that corporation building and taxes, because taxes are very important for opening up a new business and seeing where mm -hmm. you're going you're going to lead your expenses to reduce your tax liabilities in a legal way, right? And there, there is certainly ways that you could do that. That's one thing. You want to read marketing books like Fred Joyle is a great book. Everything is marketing. He's a, he, yeah, he was actually an old neighbor of mine. I was moving in and he handed me his book and I'm like, who is this guy? And he like, he, I've read it. He signed it. I love him. He's amazing. He, he's, yep. he was like the founder of 1-800-DENTIST, but he talks about marketing. These are great books, but the one where, where it's taking off right now is artificial intelligence. Yeah. Utilizing artificial intelligence also for marketing is going to be the way of life. You don't have to sit there and make a whole newsletter all by yourself by by smacking on these pixelated pictures and and it's not it maybe doesn't it's not a streamlined it's taking a lot of time blah 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 you can use a lot of AI to you could use a lot of AI to to do that to do to yeah. to, to simulate that kind of those newsletter letters for you and then even correspondences. Yeah, and we'll post um, both of those books. The Freddie Royal book is is fantastic. Everything is marketing, and then Life Three Point being human age, human in the age of artificial intelligence. Yeah, so great books. I'm going to post them on our our website and share them. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's great advice. That just the more books, Doctor Klaus. I want to thank you for coming here again. The website is Glow Modern Dental or TrueGlowModernDental.com. Yep. Correct. Yep. Work, yeah. Check it out. You've got some awesome stuff going on. Thanks for coming on and sharing with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. If anybody has any questions, they can they can reach out to me maybe on my Instagram at dr.rondacolasho. At dr.rondacolasho. They can reach out to me there. And then I can shoot them my email at that point. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Patrick.